1: We have terrific guests for today's show, including Keith Flaw. Keith is the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. we we'll be focusing primarily on education here in Florida. We'll also visit with Michael Cannon. Michael Cannon is the Director of Healthcare Studies at the Cato Institute. Uh, lots to talk about with Michael. Dr. George Markovich, orthopedic surgeon, will be joining us, as well as Naples Mayor Bill Barnett will be joining us as well. Well, former mayor, I should say. It is October the 1st, and on this day in 1908, the first production model, Model T Ford, was completed at the company's uh, plant in Detroit. Between 1908 and 1927, Ford would build some 15 million Model T cars. It was the longest production run of any automobile in history until the Volkswagen Beetle surpassed it in 1972. Before the Model T, the cars were a luxury item at the very beginning of 1908, there were fewer than 200,000 on the road, though the Model T was fairly expensive at the time. The cheapest one was $825, which is equivalent to about. in today's uh, dollars. It was built for ordinary people to drive every day. It had 22 horsepower, four-cylinder engine, and was made of a new kind of heat-treated steel pioneered by French race car makers that made it lighter. It weighed just 1,200 pounds and stronger than its predecessors had been. It could go as fast as 40 miles per hour and could run on gasoline or hemp-based fuel. When oil prices dropped in the early 20th, 20th century, Many gasolines, uh, gasoline was more affordable. Ford phased out the hemp option. No car under $2,000 offers more, the ads crowed, and no car over $2,000 offers more except the trimmings. Ford kept prices low by sticking to a single product. By building just one model, for example, the company engineers could develop a system of interchangeable parts that reduced waste, saved time, and made it easy for unskilled workers to assemble the cars. By 1914, the move uh, moving assembly line made it possible to produce thousands of cars every week, and by 1924, workers at the River Rouge uh, Ford plant in Dearborn, Michigan, could cast more than 10,000 Model T cylinder blocks in a day. By the 1920s, many Americans wanted more than just a sturdy, affordable car. They wanted style. For many years, the Model T famously came in just one color, and that was black, Speed and luxury, too, as taste changed, the era of black uh, Model T came to an end, and the last one rolled off the assembly line in 1927. My goodness, how the Model T changed life here in America. Well, little will just touch on COVID-19. There are just 19 cases uh, of uh, COVID-19 reported yesterday. Uh, additional three additional deaths in Collier County related in some way to uh, COVID-19. Well, with a new uh, CDC study on COVID-19 survival rates just wrecked the Democrats lockdown protocols and Joe Biden's plan for a new national lockdown. And why is that? Well, because the survivability rate from almost everyone, even the elderly, is at 90 percent plus. Uh, Howie Carr sent out this uh, text yesterday. In case you missed it, Friday night, new dump from CDC. Here's the latest survival rates for people who test positive with tiny fraction to begin with from 0 to 19. Now, these are the ages. The rate, the survival rate is 99.9997%. If you're 20 to 49, their survival rate is 99.98%. That's if you, if you contract uh, COVID-19. The survival rate is between the ages of 50 and 69 is 99.5%. And age 70 plus, 94.6%. And again, those with uh, compromised immune systems are the ones that are most vulnerable. But as you can see, these statistics are pretty amazing. Why are we in lockdown in some places? It's just amazing. Fortunately, we have a governor here. Uh, who doesn't do that. According to a tweet from uh, reopened Bucks County, Pennsylvania, State Representative Allman and Governor Tom Wolf were caught on a hot mic referring to mass as a pol- political theater, and they wanted to get on camera. The tweet included a link to a YouTube video of, of that instance. Can you imagine that? So just that's just some proof that perhaps this is staged this whole uh, fear pandemic. For healthy in all age groups, it seems almost everyone recovers. Should people remain, vigil- of course, remain vigilant and be safe? Sure, they should. But wash your hands and all the like. But the virus and the fear that comes with it is over. No one wants to get COVID, obviously. But let's stop treating this thing like it's some new virus, uh, like the Andromeda s- strain. Uh, Here's some good news. Private employers hired at a faster-than-expected pace in September, indicating the nation's pandemic-ravaged labor market is continuing to recover from the coronavirus crisis. That, according to ADP National Employment Report, the uh, report showed that the companies created 749,000 new jobs last month, topping the 650,000 job increase that economists surveyed uh, had expected. September's hiring was a spread, spread across most industries with the biggest gains taking place in manufacturing. Isn't that amazing? Transportation up, uh, healthcare was up, leisure and hospitality was, were the ones uh, industry hit the hardest by the crisis, added 92,000 workers. Analysts anticipate the unemployment rate will edge down down to an 8.2%. Economists believe the economy will expand at an annual rate of 30% in the current quarter as businesses have reopened and millions of people have gone back to work. That would shatter the old record for a quarterly GDP increase at 16.7% surge in the first quarter of 1950 when Harry Truman was president. it goes back a long time. The government won't release this just ended July. GDP reported until October 29th, which of course is just five days before the presidential election. Sydney uh, Powell is the attorney for National Security Advisor Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. She refe- re- revealed Tuesday during a final sentencing hearing that she personally asked President Trump not to pardon Flynn. That is so interesting. We're going to be talking to uh, William Yatman, research fellow at the Cato Institute, tomorrow about this case. I am very interested to see what his thoughts might be about this. Well, Fox News anchor Chris Wallace said Tuesday night at the debate between uh, President Trump and Joe Biden went off the tracks, he said. Tuesday night's first presidential debate featured Trump repeatedly interrupting Biden. Biden also interrupted the president, told him to shut up. And even called him a clown. Speaking via phone to New York Times reporter Michael Graben, Wallace said that he was sad with the last night with last night's turn how it turned out. He said, I am a pro. I've never been through anything like this, he said. Well, quite frankly, as I've reflected on this, I think probably the president handled it pretty well because I think this all lined up. Wallace and Biden against Trump, if you take a look at the questions and what he was being asked, had he remained silent, he would have been framed, I think, in this thing. So thinking back to the strategy, it was difficult to watch. There's no question about that. But I think uh, President Trump used the right strategy. In fact, he declared very President Joe Biden after their first presidential debate, telling a rally in Duluth last night, that they and other Americans won as well. At his rally, Trump continued to tout the ratings of the prior night's uh, event and what they received, and argued that he held Biden accountable for his record. Here's a quote from Trump. Last night I did what the corrupt media has refused to do. I held Biden for his 47 years of lies, 47 years of betrayal, and 47 years of failure. I held Joe accountable for shipping your jobs and dreams abroad. And for bowing to the violent mob at home, he said, "You can can you imagine these people, the way they take over Democrat cities? I just don't even believe it, he said. Of course, the crowd uh, went crazy uh, with that response. Joe Biden did lie. In fact, uh, I found a column suggesting he lied to the American people at least 33 times in Tuesday night's debate. And that's why Joe Biden, of course, had lied to the American people last night, because Americans know that Democrats' party real plans, their real plans, they'd never uh, get elected, so they have to fabricate. And here's a few examples. I'm, I'm not opposed to justice, and he's talking about the uh, uh, the candidate for the nominee for uh, Supreme Court. Biden and Harris, here's the facts. Hyde and Barris, uh, Harris have both publicly opposed Judge Amy Coney Barrett's nomination to the Supreme Court, despite glowing reviews from the legal community, Biden put out a statement in opposition to Judge Barrett's nomination. Well, last night or Tuesday night, he said, You know what? I don't uh, oppose her. He also said there's a mil- hundred million people with pre existing conditions and their insurance will be taken away as well. That's what he said during the debate. Well, Biden's claim has been called misleading and President Trump has said he will always protect Americans with pre existing conditions. He signed an executive order that to that effect. He says we will expand Obamacare and we increase it. We'll not wipe it out at- Uh, Any and one of the uh, big debates we had with 23 of my colleagues trying to win the nomination that I won were saying Biden wanted to allow people to have private insurance. Still, they can, they do, they will. Said Biden. Well, the fact is, Biden's public option will crowd out private health insurance plans. Uh, Biden's backed the public option with crowd uh, would crowd out health plans, destroying the health care that. 180 million Americans rely on. One of the architects of Obamacare, Jonathan Gruber, said in a public option would crowd out private insurance. In 2009, Barack Obama admitted that a public option could crowd out public insurance. Biden said he's been promising a health care plan since he got elected. He has none, like almost everything else he talks about. He doesn't have a plan. He doesn't have a plan, he said. Well, the fact is, the President Trump does have a health care plan. On September the 24th, he unveiled his America health, uh, First health care plan, outlining the key policies and reforms the President supports, including protecting Americans with pre-existing conditions. It's all pretty clear there, and we could go on here with the lies. But so the fact of the matter is, that Biden was prepared with a bunch of lies, and of course, using the format that uh, Wallace wanted to use, President would have been framed. He ended up breaking the. Uh, the uh, cadence of the debate and ended up, I think, uh, at least holding a stalemate, which it usually the incumbent doesn't do that in the first debate. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. We're going to have more here on The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. in this life transforming work, by patronizing the St. Matthews House thrift stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthews House is a 501c3 not for profit organization and does not solicit government funding.
0: To the Bob Hartley Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York style theater at its very best. I hope you'll visit the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, and also Michael Cannon. Uh, right now, we have with us Keith Flaw, the co founder of the of Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Keith, uh, tell us about the uh, Florida Citizens Alliance. The
2: well, Florida Citizens Alliance is uh, a- actually it's two legal entities, and we'll talk about one of them this morning. But we're primarily a 501c3. Um, so we're a not-for-profit focused on K-12 education reform here in Florida. And what that means to us is we're strong, strong advocates for parental school choice, and we're working very hard. Uh, to get the indoctrination, including teaching socialism and and getting the pornography out of our uh, public schools.
1: I must say, uh, just a, a little commentary on my part. I think uh, Pastor Rick and uh, Keith Law, our guests right now, have done a fantastic job of creating major influence on for public education in Tallahassee, both with the governor's office and with the legislature. So I really commend you on, on what you've accomplished. Now, along with that, I understand you're taking an active role in the elections.
2: Yeah, uh, we also have a uh, legal area, We're uh, a 501c4. A 501c4, and what we do under that is we educate voters. Um, so we work closely with another organization called the Christian Family Coalition, and we vet candidates. Um, and for the general election, uh, we've put out uh, electronic voter guides uh, for seven counties. Those voter guides will go right down to local offices. Uh, they include Collier, um, Sarasota, Manatee, and uh, four of the counties over on the east coast. Uh, so um, th- th- we've already put out three of those: Collier, Manatee, and Sarasota counties. And uh, over the weekend, uh, I expect we'll be putting up the other uh, uh, three counties, four counties, I guess.
1: So, are you and using year, are you using the uh, voter registered voter list, or how do you get on the list?
2: Yeah, that's exactly what we do. Uh, you can go in uh, as a as a, any organization. You as an individual can go in and download mm-hmm. um, the thirteen point nine million voters, uh, and so uh, we do that. And it turns out that between ten to twelve percent of those voters have listed their email addresses. So, gotcha. so we uh, we download those email addresses and we email uh, um, e. e-, 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 e- I call it e-blasting, but we email uh, to those folks. Um, So we also created a national voter guide for those counties that we don't have local detail on. Uh, So that's 60 counties, and in those 60 counties, we'll we'll be doing close to a million
1: uh, voter guides. Outstanding. And I also want to commend you for the fact that you... uh, hosted a debate between Byron and his opponent in District 19, Byron Donaldson. I'm speaking of ben Yai. Cindy Benyai, I believe is her name, uh, is the Democrat candidate. How'd that go?
2: That went very well. Um, it's, uh, your listeners can actually find it on our uh, C-4 website. Uh, it's called flcaction.org, flcaction.org. And you can go there and find uh, that CD-19 uh, Debate. Uh, it was a spirited but interesting debate. Very professionally done. They didn't attack each other, uh, so uh, it was uh, really focused on the issues. And uh, uh, you know, we're very proud to to be able to have done that live as well as live stream it. It's the first time we've uh, been able to do both uh, yeah.
1: with COVID. So. Uh, outstanding. Uh, I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but I will today. I'm looking forward to uh, to going through it, and I just sort of want to commend that also to our listeners. If you have any concerns about the candidate, I, of course, support Byron Donalds, but uh, you can see, in fact, the contrast in, of the two candidates, and uh, I have no doubt how this is all going to turn out, quite frankly. So it ha- this and the voter guide are both on the website, or do you need to uh, the, the this is the uh, CD19 and the voter guide
2: are on our uh, org website.
1: Okay. Okay. F-L-C-A- um, flcaction.org d- F-L- org is the website. And, Keith, uh, you know, Denise D'Souza is coming to town.
2: Right. Uh, we decided about eight weeks ago now to bring him into town. Um, and it uh, turns out that he's going to be here the day after he announces his new DVD, um, and so uh, we actually, when we announced that back well four weeks ago, we sold out in uh, literally sold out. We're going to do it at Seed to Table. We sold out in four days. Wow! Uh, but we have over 120 people on the wait list, and with the you know fire codes and the COVID uh, pr- problem, uh, there's no way we can. Uh, a, uh, surpass that uh, upstairs at the uh, Seed to Table. So what we decided to do uh, just a few days ago is live stream that. Um, encourage people to have a, a Danish party. We'll live stream it to, the, to those people that have signed up for 49 bucks. Or uh, if you prefer to pay $10 per month for four months, that's fine. And uh, you can... Uh, Join in the fun uh, by having a party at your home. So, well, I'd like to do website. that.
1: I'd like to So, you is that FLCAction.com a- as well?
2: No, no, that's on our regular website. I uh, don't want to confuse people, but that's uh, our, kind of our normal business. So that's uh, uh, goflca.com, uh, goflca.com. And right up in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see events and the Nish event. And you go in and you register for that. You'll get a notification that's sold out but you can get on the wait list. And so anybody on that wait list will receive uh, a link uh, to the live stream.
1: Excellent. So that, that is a terrific opportunity. And again, what's the date on that? Uh,
2: October 7th.
1: October the uh, 7th.
2: Uh, Over something That's a Wednesday night. Next Wednesday night. It's coming at us really fast.
1: <laughs> it certainly <laughs> is. Uh, Keith, before I let you go, uh, have you had your ear to the ground at all about what's happening? You know, one of the concerns, of course, was with kids going back to school on August the 31st. I think about thirty uh, 40% of uh, the kids actually decided, to, or the parents decided for their kids to go to uh, brick-and-mortar schools. Uh it, the expectation is we're going to see a big jump in the COVID numbers, but they haven't. That hasn't uh, transpired. Uh, what are your thoughts?
2: Well, I think it's uh, it's not surprising to those of us who've been following COVID. I mean, the, our younger folks are not nearly as susceptible as right. uh, you know, the older folks, so that's not a big surprise. They, one interesting thing I find here in uh, Collier County, um, I'm hearing that you know they had uh, before COVID they had forty eight thousand registered students. Uh, now, between uh, those that are back in bricks and mortar and those that are distance learning, somehow they've lost six or seven thousand students. My guess is most of those six or seven thousand students are doing legitimate homeschooling, not the school distance learning, but legitimate mm. homeschooling. So uh, that you know that just kind of reinforces, you know, and I'm hearing about that anecdotally around the state that m- many of the counties have their not the numbers are down significantly. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, to me, that's that, that reinforces the huge opportunity for, for parents to take responsibility for the child's education and, and, in fact, get a much better education. All
1: right. Well, I just genuinely appreciate the update here, Keith. Again, uh, flcaction.org uh, is the website for the uh, 501C4. That's where you get the voter guide and get uh, other updates. Uh, and then, of course, the other website is goflca.com, uh, I believe. Right information on the D'Souza event, which I certainly want to participate in. Keith, I always appreciate I appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, take care. You too, Keith. Well, here's the exciting part. I'm going to try and now play a break. <laughs> I'm having difficulty with this. We'll see how... Oh, there it goes.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton
1: Broadcasting Network. Golf Shore Playhouse, devoted to creating professional New York-style theater at its very best and at affordable prices, presents a fabulous new season of productions beginning in November with a world premiere of a one-man show written by and starring the talented associate artistic director of Golf Shore Playhouse, Jeffrey Bender. Pin Up Girls opens in January, singing a cavalcade of hits inspired by real letters from our troops overseas. Inspired by what they find funny, romantic, heartbreaking, and sexy, the ladies put on a show that celebrate the guys and gals who fight to defend our country bang bang opens in march written by legendary actor of monty python fame john cleese you'll surely be wiping away tears of laughter with this one William Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream opens in March. Meddling parents impetuous young lovers and cunning fairies collide in Shakespeare's enchanting classic. Another Revolution by Jacqueline Bircher opens in May. You won't want to miss this timely new work about finding hope in one another through the uncertainty of the world around us. What a terrific season of productions. Tickets for this great new season are available now. Tickets start at only $38. Tickets can be purchased by calling the box office at 866 811 111, or visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show.
0: Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Dr. George Markovich. He's an orthopedic surgeon. Right now we have with us Michael Cannon. He's the uh, director of, edu- of uh, health care studies at the Cato Institute. Michael, thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thank you for having me, Bob.
1: Always my a pleasure. My pleasure indeed. So, Michael, tell us about the Cato Institute.
3: Cato Institute is a think tank in Washington D.C. Uh we, we're a libertarian think tank, which means we want you to be able to make the decisions that affect your life. Uh we want the government to protect you from uh people who would use force or fraud against you, but otherwise we, we want the, you to be able to uh, live your life any way you want, so long as you respect the equal rights of others. You wouldn't think that would be such a controversial thing, but um, uh, maybe you haven't been to Washington, D.C., if that's the case. <laughs> well,
1: we certainly are existing with our current health care system right now, and that's why I'm so valued uh, valuing your visit with us, because uh, you can help straighten out some of the thinking here. But, I mean, last night, uh, I don't know if you are Tuesday night, the, in the debate, uh, 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 The previous vice president, uh, uh, Biden, said, hey, you know what? The president doesn't have a health care plan, and uh, there's 156 million people with pre-existing conditions, and they're all going to be without insurance, and uh, he went on and on. But uh, you know what? The Democrats have their own problems with pre-existing conditions, don't they?
3: Well, that's true. You know, the biggest thing you have to keep in mind when we talk about pre-existing conditions is that, this is a problem that the government has been making worse for 80 years now. Hmm. The government has been taking health insurance away from people after they get, after they get sick, and turning what should be insured conditions into uninsurable pre-existing conditions by favoring a kind of health insurance uh, which is employer-based health insurance that disappears with. After you get sick for no good reason, like you get sick and can't work anymore, that's when your insurance should should be there for you. And the government takes your insurance away. And nobody, neither President Trump nor Joe Biden are proposing to do anything to solve that problem. Now, when and and so when Joe Biden says there's 100, 150, whatever million people with pre-existing conditions, he's talking about. 100 billion people that the government has lured into insecure coverage that disappears after you get sick for no good reason. So uh that's, that's the first problem with what uh, Joe Biden is uh, you know has to say about pre-existing conditions but there are more problems beyond that. There are mm-hmm. problems with his solution to pre-existing conditions uh, which uh, uh, which is which is Obamacare.
1: Yeah, and Obamacare and- I don't want to interrupt Michael but I just had a thought I Just why why does this situation exist anyhow with uh, coverage through the employer well the fact of the matter is that we had a freeze on salaries back by FDR and employers were looking for ways to retain their employees so they ended up creating these fringe benefits and one of them included health insurance and voila that's how we ended up with the government involved in this entire process
3: that's right and this, the, the history of of healthcare and healthcare reform in the United States is a history of government making a mistake and then assuming more power in order to fix the problems it created with its first mistake but that additional power just creates further problems the government tries to create it's like the it's like the uh uh the old lady who swallowed a fly and then she swallowed a spider to catch the fly swallowed a bird to catch the spider when the, government, when the government put those wage and price controls in place, they didn't mean to create a huge in, uh, tax incentive for people uh, to get insurance through their employers, but they did. Yeah. And, and when that happened and they decided to codify that, they didn't mean to create a health insurance system that takes away your health insurance after you get sick and, and leaves you with an uninsurable pre-existing condition, but they did. And then their solution to that was, well, if we give the government more power, the power to uh, prohibit insurance companies from charging higher premiums to the sick, well, that'll make health insurance more secure, and that's what Obamacare does, except that creates even more problems. Obamacare denies care to the sick by encouraging insurance companies to to, to, to make coverage less comprehensive, make it worse for the sick, and compete to avoid the sick. Obamacare also denies... Health insurance to people with pre-existing conditions ten months out of the year. So if you are if you miss the what they call the open enrollment period, and you want to buy health insurance in April instead of in December, Obamacare makes it illegal for you to do that. So then if you get sick in uh, in May, uh, you will have no health insurance, and you won't be able. Obamacare prohibits you from buying health insurance uh until January 1st of the following year and that provision exists specifically to deny health insurance to people with pre-existing conditions. So if Joe Biden's solution is o- to this problem is Obamacare, he's got a lot of explaining to do.
1: Yeah. Let me ask you a pointy question based on what you just said. Uh, wouldn't a good fix to get things started anyhow would be to eliminate employer-based health insurance? In other words, uh, just say everything, it's going to be whether you have insurance through your health, through your uh, employer, or on your own, the outcomes, tax-wise and otherwise, are going to be exactly the same.
3: That's what both President Trump and Joe Biden should be proposing. Uh, Not only would that allow people to buy more secure health insurance, but... Stays with them from job to job, doesn't disappear when they switch jobs mm-hmm. or when they get sick and can't work anymore. But such a change would also return to workers the $700 billion of workers' earnings that employers get to control every year because of this tax preference. That would be the largest effective tax cut in U.S. history. But neither are, are the two major party presidential candidates are going anywhere near the real source of the problem
1: here. So uh, that it would be a great start if, in fact, that uh, got kind of an in on the radar screen for President Trump. And then uh, also to create uh, health care programs that aren't built to cover you know things that we don't necessarily need. Uh, we should be able to have custom-made insurance for based on our circumstances, and we should have a big menu of choices as opposed to having one-size-fits-all.
3: That's absolutely right. You know, the Affordable Care Act, or Obamacare, requires people to purchase all sorts of coverage that they don't want. It requires celibate people to purchase coverage for maternity care. Uh, it, and it, it purchases it requires celibate people and uh, also uh, gays and lesbians to purchase contraceptives coverage that they probably don't need or want instead of forcing people to buy coverage that they don't want what the government should be doing is giving people the freedom to purchase the coverage that meets their needs because that coverage will be more affordable and uh, also allowing insurance companies to price that coverage according to risk because that is essential for making coverage more secure and getting insurance companies to keep the promises they make to cover the sick that's the problem with Obamacare. It creates so many incentives for insurance companies to renege on their promises yeah. and make coverage worse for the same.
1: So, and then the other half of this equation would be what happens during, uh, when health care is administered, and that would be to make, uh, uh, make it very competitive, very transparent in terms of cost, make it patient-centric so patients can actually not only make good decisions around quality but also around cost. I think that in and itself would drive down the cost.
3: That's absolutely true. You know, uh, people don't pay attention to the cost of uh, the health care that they're consuming because it's not their money that's paying for it. It's either the government's money half the time or it's their employer's or an insurance company's money. Uh, And that's one of the main benefits of returning that $700 billion of workers' earnings that employers control and use to purchase their health insurance, returning that to the workers. They will be able to purchase health insurance plans that meet their needs. They will uh, they will be more cost conscious when purchasing insurance and when purchasing medical care. They'll demand more information about prices and they'll get it. They'll demand more information about the quality of services and they'll get it. And how do we know that they'll get that information? Uh well, you know, we can point to evidence where uh this has happened in corners of our healthcare sector, but so it's a simple matter of if healthcare providers want to get that money they're going to have to please the people who control it and if that, those people are consumers they're going to have to provide consumers the information they want or they just won't get that business
1: and it would make insurance companies more competitive because they started innovating and making new policies that could more fit the circumstances of individual cohorts or groups of people that might want insurance
3: You know that's absolutely right. You're you're familiar with those ads uh, on television for car insurance about accident forgiveness and how fifteen minutes can save you fifteen percent or more on your car insurance. Uh, These ads, you know these (laughs) these catchphrases are are burned into our memory cells because car insurance companies are so aggressive about advertising to consume humors. advertising, uh, the, uh, uh, the features of their plan that are important to consumers yeah. and innovating with products like accident forgiveness, which means that if you have a, if you have an accident, your premiums don't go up. Right. Did you even know, Bob, that health insurance companies offered the same sort of feature where even if you get sick, your premiums don't go up? No. They did. They have been offering it for decades. Yeah. Actually, Obamacare, <laughs> o- Obamacare made these renewal guarantees, um, uh uh basically uh banned them yeah. and accident forgiveness in health insurance but they've been doing it for uh for decades most consumers don't know about it because consumers aren't the ones controlling the money, and therefore insurance companies don't market themselves to consumers.
1: You know what, Michael? This is such a big part of our economy, and such a big part of each of our pocketbooks, and yet it's out spiraling out of control because government intervention and government control. I just genuinely appreciate your shedding light on this these issues, Michael. Michael Cannon again, director of healthcare studies at the Cato Institute. Genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Anytime, Bob. Thank you you so much, Michael. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dr. George Markovich. That and more. I hope I can get this thing to work. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
1: mm
0: Bob Harden.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best, and building a brand-new, wonderful performing arts center in downtown Naples. You can find out more about that entire process by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up I'm going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Just called Dr. Markovich. Wanted to have him on the show as an orthopedic surgeon. He is in an emergency situation right now and couldn't come on the show. He said he could do it 10 minutes. I said, well, we can't do it in 10 minutes, so uh, we'll get it rescheduled another time. So uh, I want to continue this discussion around some of the... Uh, quote-unquote, lies that uh, Biden, uh, he s- said during the course of the, uh, the interview. She said that you, know, you and Senator Harris are saying you can, can't trust a scientist. Biden, no, you can trust a scientist. She didn't say that. Wallace said she said they would be muzzled and suppressed. Biden said, well, that's what he's trying to do. The president has actually listened to scientists and public health experts every step of the way. In fact, Dr. Fauci said on multiple occasions that he's never been muzzled at all. In fact, check that Biden went on too far when he has claimed that Trump hasn't allowed his scientists to speak about the coronavirus. But he wants to shut up, shut the economy down, Trump said. No, Biden said. Biden and his campaign have admitted that he would potentially shut down the economy again. In August, Joe Biden openly said that he would be prepared to shut down the country again. Uh, The uh, spokesperson, Simone Sanders, admitted that Biden would shut down the economy, if, in fact, uh, the scientists said it was a good idea. Uh, Senator Chris Coons admitted Biden would shut down the economy again. Now, here's another one. Wallace says that it's a V-shaped recovery. You say it's a K-shaped recovery. What's the difference Biden says the differences millionaires and billionaires like him in the middle of the COVID crisis have done extremely well. Well, here's the fact. President Trump is leading an unprecedented economic recovery that is benefiting all Americans. The economy has added about 10.6 million jobs over the last four months. Half of all the jobs lost due to the pandemic. The unemployment rate fell to 8. Well, now it's going to be 8.2 percent in August, and saw the second largest one-month decrease in U.S. history. Retail sales have increased four months in a row, with consumer spending already reaching pre-pandemic levels. Consumer confidence in September posted the biggest gain in 17 years. Weekly jobless claims, as we've talked about earlier in the show, continue to be a downward trend, beating expectations and falling to their lowest level since mid-March. American manufacturing has grown for four straight months. The stock market has rebounded. In fact, the futures are up right now with uh, expectations about what's going on. Then Biden said he's been totally irresponsible in the way in which he's handled the social distancing and people wearing masks, basically encouraging them not to. Well, President Trump has strongly advocated that Americans wear masks, and he's worn one himself on many occasions. In March, President Trump recommended that people could use a scarf as a mask. In April, President Trump announced that the CDC was recommending wearing face masks. In July, President Trump recommended that all Americans wear masks, whether they like the mask or not. And in July, President Trump tweeted a photo of himself wearing a mask and said wearing masks is patriotic. Biden then said the Trump administration has done nothing to help small businesses. Nothing, said Biden. Well, the fact is, President Trump's Paycheck Protection Program was undeniably successful in keeping Americans employed and small businesses afloat during the pandemic. You can see that Biden said he pays less tax than a school teacher. The guy paid a total of $750 in taxes, he said. Well, the President Trump has paid millions of dollars in taxes in seven sixteen and 17. He has paid millions of dollars in taxes during the years that the New York Times falsely claimed uh, the, that the President Trump only paid $750 in ta- taxes. That was a lie. The economy is busted. Well, the fact is, before the coronavirus pandemic, President Trump built the greatest economy in American history, and he's working to bring it back. So the, I, do, I also want to address this um Proud Boys thing. Uh, he, uh, the <laughs> commentator Chris Wallace said, well, this, "Well, these are white supremacists. These uh, Proud Boys. Well, the Proud Boys are uh, not. Uh, they are not violent. They are not white supremacists at all. They are very patriotic. That's their purpose of being is to be first of all men who want to declare their patriotism to the United States. That's what they're working to do. They're peaceful. They're not violent." Uh, they, they're not white. In fact, the, uh, the head of the, the uh, Proud Boys is a black Cuban, a uh, former Cuban who's here in the United States and really embracing, uh, his, his, uh, his freedom here in the United States. So, uh, Biden said, we've inherited the worst recession short of a depression in American history. I was asked to bring it back. We were able to have an economic recovery that's created the jobs you're talking about. We handed him a booming economy, said Biden. Yeah, you have to be an idiot to think that's true. The Biden oversaw the slowest recovery since the Great Depression, leaving behind millions of hardworking Americans. Biden's economic recovery was a -a once-in-a-century failure. He's even said so himself. He himself admitted that many Americans were left behind during the recovery. My economic plan would increase 7 million more jobs than his in four years. In fact, Biden, his economic plan would destroy jobs and shrink the economy. And just think about the Green New Deal and his claims about that. It's pretty absurd. I mean, all these claims, uh, uh, these lies. If, it, if in fact, in my view, if President Trump had given two months to Biden, minutes to Biden, as Chris Wallace asked questions, he would have continued to make these lies. Trump would have been on the defense of giving his two two minutes to to react to what was said. I think Biden's strategy during during the uh, debate was outstanding. It was irritating to listen to. There's no question it wasn't fun to listen to. But, in fact, if he had counterpunched and taken the reins as he had, uh, it would have been Chris Wallace and Joe Biden against, uh, against President Trump. All right, let's see if I can get this commercial break to work one more time. We're going to have more here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. back to the Bob Harden
1: Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more at the vfga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Uh, mayor Bill, thank you so much for joining us.
4: Well, Bob, it's always a pleasure on a uh, on a Thursday to join you, no matter where we are.
1: That's right, and you're in up- upstairs, upstate New York. How's the weather up there?
4: Oh, my gosh. Well, it was, you know, 81 over the weekend, and all of a sudden, the bottom fell out of it. We had rain yesterday and cold and windy, and it felt really good. It's, it's probably uh, high 50s this morning and still breezy, but uh, all the leaves are coming down, that's for sure. So... I think it's giving me a signal that I need to be home in a couple of weeks.
1: Well, you're going <laughs> to love the weather when you get here. It's starting to cool off. The humidity is starting to go down, and I think we're beginning to see the seasonal change, so uh, it's it's really beautiful. So, uh, well, be, that's good. Yeah, I want to talk to you about the debate, but before I do, uh, I want to just, uh, any update on what's happening with the city of Naples changing attorneys?
4: Well, um, my prediction to you is, and I, for those that don't know what's going on, the Council and their wisdom decided after all these years and the and the great law firm that we had and the super work that they do, especially with counselor with attorney Jim Fox, who's probably one of the finest gentlemen I've ever met and worked with. Uh they decided that they were gonna go out there and test test the waters to see what was out there. And then they decided that they didn't want the firm anymore. And so they were working on a deal to to keep them until they could find somebody new. And that kind of ran out. And so now uh, they decided they're going to get a a headhunter. And uh, they've got like 60 days, which the clock is running. And um, they're going to find themselves in a real pickle, Bob, because you just don't go find a law firm. And if you also were going to have somebody interim, that's almost impossible. There isn't anybody that can come in with all the complex litigation that we have And that is ongoing. You know, there's always something going on. Um, I think it's candidly, and maybe maybe uh, we'll come back to Biden later for saying this, but I think it's probably one of the worst, if not one, uh, mistakes that I that I have ever seen. Um, Why they did that, I don't know, but um, it upsets me greatly because taxpayers going to be in a real bind.
1: Interesting. So we'll stay tuned. Is uh, is there any chance the current law firm might uh, stay? If they decide. Well,
4: that. we went we went through that and 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 gave them an opportunity. I mean, you know, first the council said, "Well, we'll we'll give you, uh, you know, two months and to, to find," and then we'll, you know, they were in a negotiating part with the new with a, the old firm, and then I don't know what happened, and then finally they said, "Well, we'll just give you month to month," and the firm said, "No, thank you. Hmm. You know, we're not playing that game. You have X days and." uh uh, if you can't do it, you want to give us the firm wanted a year contract, and they and council said no.
1: Unbelievable. Until it's
4: on somebody, so it's crazy.
1: So, uh, were you among the? I am guessing 150, 160 million people that were tuned in watching the debate on Tuesday night.
4: Well, we 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 were tuned in, and and after about six minutes, Chris said, "I've had enough," <laughs> but I said, "No, I I want to I want to just watch it for what reason? I have no idea." And then uh, watch pretty much most of it right up until the end. Um, And some interesting things, Bob. I mean, everybody's saying the same thing. But let's talk about Chris Wallace for a second. Give me your opinion.
1: You know, my opinion. My opinion is that I think he was pretty biased. I mean, he had a lot of power in the, in the sense that he was controlling the agenda and the, the asking the questions. Uh, so uh, the questions, like the questions, like you know, when did you stop beating your wife? <laughs> he yeah. I I just thought they were just very leading questions and certainly favored. I thought Joe Biden. What were your thoughts?
4: Well, I I didn't take that in 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 depth. You know, like you did there. But I had a different thought, and then they were talking about it yesterday um, on the on the local news here. About I think he was put. If it was you or me or anybody else, we were put. He was put in a really tough spot. Now, irrespective of what you just said, which could very well be true, I've heard that also. Mm-hmm. I think that um, he was really in, in a in a in a box yep. because right from the beginning they had agreed to you know let the other. Uh, Person talking you know, but that that went out the window right off the bat, right, and I have said Bob for years, even after the last one and we talk, and everybody, why don't you just mute the damn mic? I mean, how much simpler could it be? so it's my turn to talk, and I'm done, and I'm still talking. bingo he's I'm, I'm, not going to hear me because it's been muted, so but now they're talking about it.
1: So, you know, he, he me my response to that is I would agree if, in fact, the moderator were being fair. But Biden was saying things like, my son did nothing wrong in Burisma. You know, we're talking about this Ukraine thing and uh, the $183,000 a month Hunter Biden was receiving. So he said, my, my son didn't do anything wrong about that. And, uh, the, you know, the multiple State Department officials expressed alarm about Hunter Biden's financial dealings in the time. But, uh, right. and, so, but you know what, if he, if he were allowed to say things like this, President Trump has no plan. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He then he has to sit there and counterpunch uh, for uh, for uh, two minutes, and doesn't get the chance to explain where he stands on different issues. So, I mean, it would be great if Biden were to come forth and and be honest in uh, what's going on. But he wanted to uh, he wanted to dismiss the Trump uh, President Trump as uh, ineffective, and President Trump wasn't right. going to stand for it
4: yeah like I say, you could go through that whole thing and and pick out um you know a, a lot and and there's no doubt about that, but the next question is for for we before I get booted off the air, especially <laughs> if it 's a nice day today and you 're going to be playing golf um uh,
1: what
4: what about what about the next one? I mean, what can they do differently or agree to differently so that you're like you said so that you get some facts out and some different opinions and whatever.
1: So what I, I think uh, would be, what I would prefer is to say, okay, uh, we'd like you to each to split the time here, but the first topic we're going to have is, uh is, uh is and, and just name the topic, and let the two of them go at it for four minutes or something like that, you know, right. s- some period of time, because that's exactly what they want to do. So why get in the way of doing it? Just let them do it.
4: Right, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, but let's put it this way. I don't think anybody fell asleep during it. <laughs>
1: Oh <laughs> well, you're you know you're like uh, you'd men- uh, mentioned mentioned uh, Chris's response. Many people I've talked to said they lo- watched it for a little while and wanted to turn it off. and did turn it off. Many people watched it for maybe yeah. a half an hour, for twenty minutes, and got totally turned off by by the uh, interaction between the two. So I I get that. I personally See? I personally yeah. watched it and I was energized by it. I thought it was terrific. It was kind of like <laughs> professional <laughs> wrestling.
4: <laughs> Only you, Bob. <laughs> The only other thing is, is I think that the president could have done better like a lot of people do on the white supremacist thing. I don't know what he whether he was whether he he didn't quite know, Uh, you know, sometimes you get caught off guard and that happens to all of us. Uh, he, he should have really been 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 strong on that and say I absolutely you know condemn them and whatever. But they they took that as and added fuel to their fire. You know, yeah,
1: absolutely. And, but the the problem, with the question is the fact that uh, where did what you know the uh, Antifa and Black yep. Lives Matter, all these groups are kind of uh, anarchists that they want to tear down America stuff. They're, they're basically supported by the left. Uh, I wouldn't support uh, white supremacists in any way. In fact, I did a little research on these uh, Proud Boys, and they're not uh, violent. They're, they're simply people who are very proud, and men who are very proud to, uh, of their country and uh, proud of America. So right. uh, they're not white supremacists. So, Again, that's one of those questions where it was kind of a trap. Uh, you know, when did you stop beating right. your wife?
4: <laughs> and I don't think people knew that. I never heard of Proud Boys in my life. Candidly, I mean, you know, you don't can't here learn everything, but you know, if uh, and like you said. I don't think a lot of people knew who they were, and I'm sure that the president didn't know because he said he didn't.
1: Know. No, he didn't so. at all. Well, it's just really interesting, and it, will, it kind of sets the pins for the future going forward. We're only 33 days away from the election, Bill. It's kind of an amazing thing.
4: Yeah, it sure is. Uh, 33 days for the election and 30 days for my birthday. Hey, Bob. Have a great weekend. <laughs> you too,
1: and a happy birthday to you, Bill. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to visit with William Yatman, research fellow at the Cato Institute, Sharon Kenny, the author of Where Should We Eat, and Dave Bigo, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. So I certainly hope this works. I've got this brand-new iMac, which I think is terrific, but I haven't figured out how to work it. Work it. Like I want to, but we're going to see if the show closing actually plays. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste.
0: Thanks so much for listening to The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.